0: And this is the big concept for me that I think sometimes we just lose sight of. It's literally the question of when you are dating and you're dating around, literally the question of why are you doing that?
1: Hi, guys. Welcome back. Hello. I'm Leanna. I'm Jared. And we have a great episode for you today with an amazing guest.
2: Yes. We are very excited.
1: Yeah. Spoiler. It's Case Kenny. What? <laughs> <laughs> so we probably have some new visitors to yeah. the show because um, he has a podcast, New Mindset Who Dis. Yep. Um And so we just, we thought we'd start by sharing a little bit about ourselves. So you guys can kind of get to know us a little bit.
2: Yeah, you know it's so funny. I'm just now realizing that Case's podcast is like quick hits, like short episodes. Get the information out. Yeah, and this is not that. Yeah, so our podcast <laughs> is very different.
1: We when we keep when we our intros are less than twenty minutes, we're excited. Yeah, that's like wow,
2: we really flew through that. Um, so anyway, if you're just here for Case, maybe skip ahead, but also hang out because yeah, you know can us learn a a, learn about us a little bit. Yeah i um, think we're kind of cool yeah so what are we doing are we doing intro real quick are we talking yeah, about like, ourselves yeah
1: let's talk about ourselves a little bit sure
2: so well you you this is your show upon which i yeah. am co-host well, so, so you go yeah, first so
1: i'm your host um i created the show and i don't know like i am an unemployed yoga teacher <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're like partially employed you're you're like a fr- you're freelancing.
1: Yeah, so I, I teach piano. So um, that job is still uh, going on virtually. The uh, yoga career is at a halt because of the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. And I, yeah, this podcast has been something that I started because I had a, got a, uh, I was married for eight and a half years. I got a divorce almost five years ago now and just dated a lot of shitty guys. Mm-hmm. And... Um, kept finding myself in the same pattern of the type of guys that I would uh, be attracted to and jump into pseudo relationships with. And so I just wanted a place to kind of share that experience and found this podcast or started this podcast and have met so many amazing uh, guests that we've had on the show. And it's been such an amazing year that I just feel like I'm like a totally different person now. And we kind of talked about that on the last episode, but.
2: Yeah. Yeah. New year, new you. I, uh,
1: I'm a dog person. I love dogs. That's true. And I drink a lot of matcha lattes.
2: Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Here you go. What's your, what Uh, about you? So I'm Jared. I'm 39. Uh. Never married, no kids. I've, as I said on our very first, or the very first episode I was on of this podcast, I've dated a lot of people. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, I have a master's degree in counseling psychology and like therapy has been like a huge part of my life um, and something that's been really beneficial for me in the past few years. I've really um, added to that like uh, a... a lot of meditation stuff that's been really transformative for my life. And, uh, I don't know, I'm excited to be a part of this podcast with you because kind of, I think we both love the way we can explore and continue to learn about ourselves through the podcast and also, um, just sharing our experience to like help other people, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe, maybe not make the same mistakes or whatever it is. So, yeah. Yeah. On on that note, should I read our review? Oh
1: yes. So winner? we yes. Yeah. So we had a, a contest recently for um rev- a review on Apple Podcasts, and the winner is going to receive a Hello and Goodbye mug. Yes. And so yeah, let's go ahead and read the winner.
2: Yeah, So we did an Instagram Live. If you want a little more in depth, check it check that out there um on our Instagram. But uh the re- the winner is Rebecca Nurse seventy five. Who left us this awesome five-star review that says, a friend told me about this podcast after this bizarre summer of COVID dating. (laughs) I've listened to every episode, and by now I feel like Leanna and Jared are my buds. Love the guests. I've learned so much and expanded my own knowledge by reading recommended books or listening to other podcasts that are talked about. I'm a better dater and self-care provider by learning from Hello and Goodbye.
1: Ugh, I love that so it's much.
2: It's like everything we watch. I know. I Rebecca
1: know. Nurse, 75 you get a free mug. We
2: love you. We love you. Yeah.
1: Uh, so message us to get your mug. And um, guys, remember to go to Apple Podcasts, search Hello and Goodbye, leave us a five-star rating and a review if you have time, and uh, we just really appreciate you.
2: Yeah, and in case you didn't know this already, we read them, and they mean a lot to us. So. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, so... I want to talk about a couple sponsors before we kind of get into checking in. Mm -hmm. So the first sponsor I want to talk about is VFresh. VFresh is a company that empowers women to take back their vaginal health with products such as the Cleanse, uh, a boric acid suppository that helps with Bacterial vaginosis and yeast infections. It can be um, it can help both an active infection and can also be preventative. Mm. There's also VTract, which is an oral supplement to help get rid of UTIs and as well as maintain urinary function. Mm-hmm. And then they have a V Gental, which is a wash that again helps balance the vaginal pH. I cannot swear by VFresh enough. Um, our listeners love it. And I think, you know, I think vaginal health is something that is not talked about openly. And I think a lot of women go through this and we've said this before, but like guys, like you also need to be supportive of your partner yeah. who may deal with this. I don't think it's anything we should be ashamed to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but boric acid suppositories, I swear by like swear by mm-hmm. for um, any infection that you have. And Obviously, if you have an infection that's not going away, consult your doctor. Mm -hmm. But if you guys are interested in getting this product, you're going to go to www.vfresh.com. V is Mm V-E-E. And we have a new code since we're in 2021. Yes. So the new code is all capital HELLO2021. Which yes. is exciting because it's a one-time code. And so those of you who use the Hello 2020 code, you get to use a new
2: code. Yes. And yeah. get the discount all over again. You
1: get again. 10% off your order. You can order as much as you want. Um, stock up on it. They, I know they're having a hard time keeping things in stock because it's getting so popular. So um, stock up. Get the bundles and uh, yeah, I promise. I promise you won't regret it. Okay, so then the other one we'll talk about really quickly is tushy. tushy. I love talking about tushy. Um, stop wiping your butt and start washing your tushy.
2: Yes, wiping is bad for your butt. I think it can irritate. It's like you know, and it doesn't get you clean enough. No,
1: I so I had my tushy installed. Mm-hmm. It's been a couple months now, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I can't go back. Yeah, like the I can't. I I don't feel clean like you said when I poop in a public space. Yeah, I just don't feel clean. You're like, this.
2: oh no, I don't yeah. have my
1: tushy. Yep. Yeah. So um, Tushy also sells spa days where the water can get hot.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they have merch bamboo towels toilet paper and an ottoman kind of like you put your feet up and it's supposed to like help you um that actually does help you i do have a input from a listener who bought the tushy Mm -hmm. and she said you need to warn your listeners oh yeah she said do not kneel in front of the toilet to test your tushy
2: yeah don't get eye level with the tushy and then (laughs) try turning it on she
1: said it sprayed all over her face that's it is powerful. Yeah, you have
2: to turn it on very you have to s- slowly very and very carefully.
1: Um, and we always joke, you know, that our our sponsorships we service all your holes. That's true. Right? Yeah. Well, if you do lean in front of the toilet, oh yeah, and it gets in your mouth, we're literally <laughs>
0: servicing. <laughs> But don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that.
1: (laughs) So anyway, uh, go to hellotushy.com slash hello and goodbye to get 10% off. So Tushy is a URL that you're adding us to and VFresh is a code. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. All right. So guys, we're just gonna, we're gonna check in really quickly and then we'll, we'll get you to your interview.
2: Yeah. Who wants to go first?
1: Um, well, I have something funny to say. so okay, this ha- this happened <laughs> this happened with my mom today. Um, so I went on a run. I took my dog on a run, and we ran down to this local coffee shop. And I texted my I called my mom on the run because I realized, I was gonna be cold when i got down there because i didn't have a sweatshirt on mm-hmm. because in Cal- california you don't know when it's gonna be cold or hot
2: so the plan was you and your mom were gonna meet there no after the plan okay. was
1: i was gonna run down uh-huh. get my matcha latte yeah <laughs> surprise surprise and then walk up oh. with my dog
2: and then you were like we have a problem houston we have a problem we have a problem i'm gonna be too cold yes walking back
1: correct And I, my mom was originally going to walk with me down there, but I was like, you know, I'd really want to go on a run. Like I need to sweat a little bit. So I called her on the run and I'm like, Hey, do you mind like just meeting me down there? Bring me a sweatshirt and I'll buy you a a latte.
2: And we'll walk back together. And then
1: we'll walk. Well, no, because she would drive down. Oh, I see.
2: Yeah. I see. Yeah.
1: So anyway, so we got our lattes and we're sitting in the back and of course we're social distancing and um we were talking and if not
2: no wait, not from each other but from the other cu- Yeah. customers. Yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, okay, got yeah. it. Yeah. I mean
1: my mom and I live together, so I was
2: gonna say like if she why- has COVID, I have COVID. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> So in the uh, the speaker outside starts playing um Play the funky music, white, white boy. boy. Yeah. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then another song comes on, and I said something about, wow, this song is really boring. And my mom was like, oh no, this is like, it's such a classic. She's like, it's way better than that other music that was playing that had all those cuss words in it. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? She's <laughs> like, she was like, the uh, whole song was just cuss words. I was like, your
2: mom is the I sweetest. Like, I was
1: like, mom, it's not play that fuck you music, it's play that funky <laughs>
2: I was wondering, did did she think it was like fucky? But I guess. No, I think she said fuck fuck you music because she had never
1: heard the song before. So then we were laughing and then she, she was like, it must have been in the 90s. And I was like, yeah, you're probably right. And she's like, yeah, 80s music wasn't really that good. She's like, really, 60s and 70s. You just can't beat that music. And I was like, well, I don't know. I mean, 2020 music is
2: pretty good. You've got WAP. Uh. So <laughs> so my mom was like, "Well, what Has your mom Does your mom know what no, wap stands no. for?" No, she said, "Okay, well, can we keep it that way?" Oh, hold
1: on. You can oh, listen okay, to this. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so then she said, "Well, what is wap?" And I said, oh, "It's wet ass pussy." <laughs> I <laughs> she,
2: would give anything to see your mom's face.
1: She di- she laughed yeah. and then she was like, "Well, why isn't it called wap? Cuz ass is for, that A? Oh, she for wanted ass, it to be
2: more of a hard A? Yeah,
1: she was like, well, she'd be called WAP.
2: She's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's there's logic to what she's saying.
1: The point of the story is that my mom is adorable. Yes. She's absolutely the sweetest. adorable.
2: Yeah. Can we have her on the show? Or should we, she should make an appearance on like an Instagram with us or something like that.
1: We could do a live with her. Yeah. That would be fun. We could do an Instagram live. If you
2: have questions for Leanna's mom. Yeah. We should hit her with some relationship questions. Oh,
1: that's a great idea. That would be really fun. Yeah. She has, she is a saint. Yes. You know, has been married to my dad for over 40 years. Yes.
2: And she's like my West Coast mom. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's nice.
1: Yeah. And she's my mom like all the
2: time yeah that's true she's your <laughs> actual mom the actual
1: mom yes okay what about you
2: what's happening with me I am I've been doing a little dating in the past couple months oh um, really now that's surprising <laughs> well uh, just giving an update if we have any new folks oh, with sure, us oh sure
1: sure okay and um, our regular listeners are like yeah no fuck
2: yeah we know <laughs> no fuck
1: <laughs> no fuck what would it be no duh
2: yeah, no maybe. shit it would be no shit no shit, shit <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, so I have hung out with somebody a couple times, and we like each other, and she's really fun. And it feels really, like, comfortable. Like, I can be myself, which is That's important. good. Yeah. Um, but it's also, like, I'm recognizing now, like, this is the scariest part for me. Because mm-hmm. I'm, like, really fucking good at, like, the first couple dates. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm great at that, and it feels really comfortable for me, and... Um, This is the
1: part where you kind of have to figure out if there's going to be a commitment moving forward, right?
2: Yeah. And it's not like that I'm scared of commitment. You know, it's not like, oh no, I'm not going to be able to like date other chicks. You know, like I don't, uh, but it's, it's just like,
1: uh, like the feeling of, do you think, okay.
2: Like it's like, I'm afraid, like, am I going to hurt this person? Is she going to hurt me? Like, Like, do I, you know, like, I, I, I really like hanging out with her and I want to talk to her but like who knows like there's so much we don't know about each other yet like are we going too fast are we going too slow you know like all these fucking I get all these anxieties can and, I say
1: something really quick yes please. okay I don't mean to I don't no, mean to please, cut
2: you off no please cut me off
1: I think everybody deals with this. I know. You know because like whenever, like even with my now ex boyfriend. Yep. I mean, you know me. I I was so scared. I it just I think just going into relationship period on both ends is scary because yeah. you are taking a risk with whatever you do. You don't know if the relationship is going to make it. The percentage of it making it is lower than the percentage of it not making it right if you if you kind of weigh out the odds um and so it's okay and healthy to have that fear and it's okay and healthy to like go into a relationship anyway not knowing if it's gonna end and just giving it your best shot and if it ends like you you did the best you could
2: yeah no, I think that's I mean, really I mean, I'm
1: not trying to be condescending. No, not really
2: at know. all. No, and that's really like I appreciate like that that like felt very reassuring what you were saying. Mm. And it's interesting because like we haven't even talked about like are we going to be exclusive? Like is this a relationship? But it's just you know like you hit that point where you're beyond like a couple of dates. Mm-hmm. And you kind of like things naturally progress to where you're talking more often or texting more often and and, you know, it's, like, starting to progress and stuff. Yeah,
1: you're acting like a couple.
2: I guess so, yeah. Yeah. And so, um... But, like, what was... what, what I
1: call those pseudo-relationships. Yeah. Right? Because technically it is a relationship, but it's not, like, a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship.
2: Yeah. Like, so one thing that's kind of cool is, like, she reads all of the, like, sort of... wellness and relationship and all these, like, books that I like to read, too. And, um... So she's super, right now she's super into Attached, which I know is one of your favorites. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we had a really cool conversation about like, you know, where we both were kind of like, she reached out and was like, are things weird? Like, I'm feeling a little weird. And had this really cool conversation where I was like, yeah, I guess I have been a little bit in my avoiding tendencies. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like kind of sometimes I pull back a little bit when things have been intimate or whatever or i find myself really liking somebody and um and what was cool about it is we were both sort of saying how we felt but like neither one of us we weren't fighting like you know how like sometimes like you can be like trying to like win the argument and being like it wasn't me it was you Mm -hmm. Uh, so we weren't doing that and um but we were both kind of like Sort of standing our ground a little bit of being mm-hmm. like, well, no, actually, like, this is how I feel. Like, and, like, so as an example, at one point, she sort of said, well, you know, look, when I get attached, like, it's really hurtful for me if someone pulls away. Because I had an ex who used to do that intentionally to try to hurt me. Mm. Um, and I, you know, like when he was mad at me about something that he wouldn't tell me about. And I was like, okay, well, that won't happen with me. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. like, I will, you know, like, and, I, you know, and I said, for me, it comes from a place of just feeling scared or whatever. And she was like, well, she started to say like, well, like if this is going to keep happening, just like tell me now. Cause I don't think I'm okay with that. Mm. And I understood where she was coming from, but I'm like, but you're asking me to promise you something that I can't promise Mm -hmm. you, which is that like, I'll never get scared again. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm like? You can't promise me that either. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you'll get freaked out or maybe have doubts or second thoughts about me or whatever. Um,
1: Well, it's so interesting because that reaction, which I can totally relate to because I also am an anxious attachment style. Comes out of a place of, okay, you said this, that is a threat to me mm. and I don't want to get hurt again Yeah, because I feel wounded from already getting hurt in that way. So you let me know if you can't provide me reassurance in that area, because if you can't, I'm out. Yeah. And that's a very, like, um, like I understand that so much, but I also like, I understand it, but it is. Does need to be something that we as anxious attachment style need to work on. Yeah. Because you're right. Uh, uh, No one can promise you anything. Even the day you get married, you can say, I promise. But that doesn't mean anything.
2: Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, like... Because you don't know. Yeah, you're saying, like, I promise I will never feel differently about you than I feel right now. And it's like, no one can promise that. Yeah, right? exactly.
1: So um, so I think that was healthy. I mean, it sounds sounds to me, and you guys kind of, you and I talked about this a little bit before the show, but it sounds to me like you guys had a healthy conversation yep. where you brought up your fears. Yep. And, um, and you worked through it, you know? Mm-hmm. So...
2: Yeah, good job, friend. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, it was really good. It's been it's been fun because it's so interesting. I think you and I have both had experiences where we've had the version of that exact conversation where it's just the fight and like both yes. people are blaming each other. Yes, and it's like, well, you pulled away. And that was so hurtful and how could you do that? And then, you know, the other person saying like, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, it's not my fault that you're, you know, like, 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 why are you so needy? Like, blah, blah, blah. And so it was cool to have the experience of like talking through these issues in a way where like everyone's like owning their side of the road and Mm -hmm. like talking about it to understand and to reassure the other person and whatever. And
1: good for her for being like, hey, I feel like you're being distant. Yeah.
2: what's going on yeah
1: you know good for her for doing that yeah and, and good for you for reacting in not a um like
2: like a defensive yes. yeah yeah
1: like you were being attacked or whatever
2: yeah and and we came up with some like you know she was kind of like hey can you just like let me know if you're feeling like that and I was like absolutely like yes. I will communicate I'm not gonna like stick my head in the sand and hide but also like if you're feeling that, then, like, you let me know, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, exactly the way you did this time. So, it was so cool. So, it
1: sounds to me like you're kind of showing up secure.
2: That's, you know what? The last time I took the quiz in the Attached Book, Were you secure, secure was my, was higher than any of the I, others.
1: I, so was mine.
2: Really? Shockingly, hey, We're drinking hot tea.
1: <laughs> Shockingly. I mean, I definitely have a lot of anxious, um, but, and speaking of that, um, you know, I, I I recently went through a breakup. Yep. I think actually maybe we we recorded with Case a few weeks ago. So I might have said something about my current boyfriend in the That's interview. Right. Um, we are no longer together at this moment. Um,
2: Which you shared on last week's episode. Correct. And everyone is dying to know, myself included. How are, how are you doing?
1: <laughs> so it has definitely been a hard week. Um, I knew it would be. I think last episode when we recorded, it was the day after. So it was still a little bit in the fight or flight mode and yeah. just kind of surviving. And the next couple days was without me realizing it. Um, I, I, I It's so funny. Like looking back on it, like I I slept in until 10 o'clock. I couldn't get out of bed. Um, I couldn't stop eating. Mm-hmm. I then I would feel guilty about eating. So then I'd force myself to go work out and then I'd feel tired. So then I'd, I just spent all day in my room watching like new girl. And mm-hmm. then I would cry and then I would feel overwhelmed because like I live with my parents right now because of the pandemic. And I felt like I, I couldn't get away. I couldn't have like space to myself to really cry and like to have this moment. And um, it was just really, really, really hard. Mm. And it, it still is hard, but I am feeling I'm feeling confident with where I am right now. Um, my ex and I have exchanged some communication. And I, I think it's for the the amount of investment that we had in this relationship. I think it's fair to both of us to really evaluate what we want to do moving forward. Mm-hmm. Is this the right decision? Because um, it was very abrupt. Yeah. And so that we're kind of doing that. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything will come up of it, but I'm I'm doing a good job of creating healthy space for myself to really like reflect on the relationship and reflect on the breakup to try and soothe myself and to have self-compassion for all of the binge eating mm-hmm. and uh Absolutely. not I didn't get anything done last week. I was supposed to do all of this shit. I didn't do a single thing. I couldn't couldn't find motivation. I mean, I was essentially going through a depression, right? I was yeah. grieving. Yep. But what but a positive thing that happened was I talked with you, I talked with my mom, I talked with my sister, I talked with my friend Kyle, I talked with my, I went to the beach and met my friend Kaylee, and I talked with my best friend Michelle, and all of these people kind of came out of the woodwork to check up on me, Hmm. and like made time for me, and like Mm -hmm. such a hard time, and it just, it was, you know, when you're going through something like this, it's so important to have support around you, and I think my, my usual reactions like if i were living alone i would just i would figure it out on my own
2: yeah
1: i would i i kind of when i feel down i like to be alone yeah but it's really important to me because i'm so social to actually force myself
2: Mm -hmm. to be with Mm -hmm.
1: people and it it ended up being a a really positive thing so yeah i'm I'm hanging in there
2: yeah it feels like you're very conscious You're, you're doing this very consciously, you know, and like caring for yourself very consciously and like fucking, yeah, give yourself your permission to eat all of the things and sleep all day and watch all of the things. No,
1: tomorrow starts a new bar
2: challenge. (laughs) Um, question. Have you thought about, cause this is a big, this is a big beneficial thing in my life. A good, have you thought about the car for a really good cry?
1: That is a great, I am. Um, yes. I actually drove up to a beautiful park we have in Redlands mm-hmm. and sat and watched the sunset mm-hmm. and had a good cry. But yes, I love getting in my car. I'm a sunset chaser. Anytime nice. the sun goes down, if I have time, I'll go find it. Mm-hmm. I have, like the best view for it. Yeah, um, yep. But it is something I probably need to do more because yeah. I do feel like I really don't have a lot of privacy. Mm-hmm. I mean, the walls are super thin. They can hear almost every conversation yep. I'm having and, um, and my parents are so sweet and so kind to let me stay there as a 34-year-old <laughs> woman.
2: <laughs> well, it, like, even when I live alone, there's something... I I only really, like, let myself... Like, really let myself go with crying in the car for some reason. Really? Like, when I'm driving. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: see, I'm a bed crier. Um, because then I can, like, go into, like, the fetal position and mm. just really just wail yeah you know and like and then scream into the pillow just like turn my see
2: head. i was just gonna ask like this the scream in the car is amazing <sighs> yeah yeah
1: i maybe i'll have to try it
2: like full throated like
1: oh there's nothing every
2: like, emotion you, like even like,
1: you saying it now <sighs> i want to do it
2: yes it's so it feels so good Yeah,
1: well, thanks for checking in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys, we uh, tried to keep this short. (laughs) (laughs) We did not. Uh, We did okay. But um, we hope that you got to know us a little bit more. And we are so excited for this interview with Case. So enjoy, and we will see you at the end. Okay, well... Our next guest is a Chicago-based writer, podcaster, and recording artist. His podcast, New Mindset, Who Dis?, has over 6 million downloads and honors as an Apple Podcast 30 podcast. His best-selling journal, the 60-Day New Mindset Journal and workbook, Single is Your Superpower, encourage others to find happiness and fulfillment in their imperfections and find themselves before they find They're soulmates. Please welcome Case Kinney.
0: Yeah. Thank you, thanks for having me. Thank you for the intro.
1: Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for coming on. We're um, really honored that you took the time to come on our show and um, we just appreciate it so much. So yeah, so I kind of wanted to dive in first by, if you could just kind of introduce yourself to our listeners, who are you? Where are you from? Where do you live now?
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, I am Case Kenny. I live in Chicago. I'm 32. Yeah, I'd say uh, by profession, I, I mean I'm a, I'm a podcaster, but that goes alongside of you know other things as well, being a writer, uh, being an artist and musician and producer as well. Um, yeah, I mean I've been doing this for a long time here in Chicago. Um, I, I I love it. It's a passion of mine. Um, it's really interesting how things have evolved. I didn't always host the podcast. I didn't always have a business around it. So things have been um, pretty, pretty nuts. I think the past two years have been considerably so, just with kind of what I'm doing with the podcast, which is all about mindfulness and meditations and self growth and self development. But in a somewhat unique way, um, that I approach it. And it's, you know, I've been humbled by the response and it's, it's popular. And, you know, I'm in the, the top of the top podcast, which is crazy. And, um, you know, I have this, this blooming business built around it. So I never have anything to com- complain about only, you know, to be grateful for what I'm able to do, which is just, I, I, my intro lately, I've been on a bunch of other podcasts. I was on a podcast called Girls Gotta Eat the other day, and they introduced me as Case Kenny, a guy who likes to lift weights and share his feelings. And that's literally what I get paid to do in my life is just to share my feelings and uh, you know have hobbies. So uh, it's a pretty good deal for myself. So I'm very grateful.
1: That's really cool. Um, side Quick side note. I um, started my podcast because of Girls Gotta Eat.
0: Oh, no way. And I
1: didn't even know that you went on their show until after you and I had DM'd. And then after um, I booked you, then I was doing some research on you and then saw that you had been on Girls Gonna Eat. And I was like, what? Oh, my gosh.
0: Yeah, that was was a pretty that was a pretty big one. Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah. Their podcast is huge.
0: Yeah, it's they have a diehard following. Like when I was on it, I woke up that morning and I had like 5000 new followers, thousands of DMs.
1: Wow.
0: Um, it was pretty nuts. So kudos wow. to Raina and Ashley. They're, they're awesome as well.
1: Yeah. Maybe Mendo will get them on too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So
1: I'm curious. So how did you, like, what's your background in terms of the mindfulness meditation stuff? Because Jared and I were talking before we started this recording and it's not, it's not a common career path for a man. Right. And so I'm a yoga teacher, so it's very and Jared does yoga so it's like very um common in my field right to have men who yeah. do mindfulness meditation i'm just wondering like how you came about that
0: yeah um i don't know uh, i mean I, I mean i do know how i came about it i mean so 2014 i started just i, I moved to chicago in 2011 i was working at a couple ad agencies and kind of jumping around trying to figure out what i wanted to do um uh, but i've always had a passion for for writing um, and reading and just being creative was always very creative growing up. I mean, even in college, I majored in the most random things possible. I majored in Chinese language and Arabic too. So I'm a six foot three, very, very white dude from Chicago. And I'm studying those languages for a living and for a profession. So always been just very drawn to creative things. And then, um, you know, in 2014, I was like, I, I just, I just want to start writing and doing it. So I started something called Pursuit. Pursuit.com, which was just kind of like a, a men's lifestyle site. Um, and then started writing on that. I was like, you know, these things that I'm, I'm writing about, they're not necessarily men's, you know, topics of interest. I was writing about everything. I was just writing out random things, my thoughts, perspectives, everything. And I was like, all right, I'm going to stop thinking about this as a men's thing. Um, and also, blogging is really difficult. So I was like, I need to figure out a better way to do this. So I moved it over to be an email newsletter, kind of like, um, you know, the, 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 the skim or, you know, morning brew or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And it, and it kind of blew up. It went up to like, I had 200 like 20,000 subscribers at one point on it. Um, but the, the topics that I was really drawn to and the topics that people seem to really gravitate towards were those that I think you would consider self-development topics. Um, so I just started giving my thoughts on those um, and it gained a lot of interest. But then it, I really didn't find my stride until 2018, which is when I launched the podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, again, I had no aspirations for being a guy who was a mindfulness guy, a meditation person, a guru, an expert, nothing like that. I had just gotten out of a relationship and I was like, you know, let me, let me dive into something for myself. Let me find out what I want, who I am. I was also like very into my career at that point. I was like, I really don't know who Case is. So I was like, I'm going to start a podcast and just start talking about these topics and work through it. I always found audio to be a bit more challenging as a creator than writing because it's easy to hide behind words and you can just write it and write it and write it but audio there's a sense of vulnerability to it Mm -hmm. second only to video i suppose so um i was like i'm just gonna start doing this so i just started talking through topics about you know self-growth and confidence and and things like that and it it, honestly i i got lucky it blew up i had a big email list that helped support it you know my first month i had like sixty thousand listeners on it which is big um uh, as an independent starting podcast for a first month and yeah. things just kind of went from there. And then I, you know, 240, up ep- 250 episodes later, I kind of found my stride, which is I have this ability to simplify topics that I think we we all can relate to, but find complex like dating and relationships and confidence and self-esteem and mindfulness and self-awareness and things like that. So honestly, I just fell into it. It's not something I have training in, my mom's not a therapist. I didn't learn from anyone. You know, I didn't, you know, move to Nepal and study under some guru or anything like that. It's just me being a dude, being a guy, talking about things that I've seen. And I think that's the appeal. Uh, and it's true to me. So I I enjoy it and it doesn't feel forced. I really mm-hmm. try not to talk about things that I don't know um, mm-hmm. in the sense that I haven't experienced or touched or learned or anything like that. So, you know, it feels really good to me. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. trying to be someone I'm not um, and people react well to it. So to me, that's like, it's good. It's good stuff.
2: That's awesome. And I know like on your, on so much of your stuff, right? You're, you're talking to other people to help them find ways to kind of, uh, be confident in themselves and, and kind of, you know, set goals and, and, and live the lives they want to live. And even in the story, you just told case of like from the podcast, but even before that to, you know, starting the website and putting your writing out there. I mean, all of that takes a lot of confidence and belief in yourself. Is that something that you always had or is that something that you sort of
0: found along the way in your life? I think it was less that I had and more that I found and, and probably more around the realm that I, I realized pretty early on that there's no perfect time for anything ever. So for anyone mm-hmm. who ever has an aspiration to create or act or produce or whatever it is, like there is no right time for it. And I learned that quickly and I learned that people who succeed and win and separate themselves from the pack of people who also want to do that. Those are the people that are willing to try first. So I was like, yeah. and I was like, screw it. You know, I think old me would have been like, Oh, I, I want to take a month and really plan out the podcast and really, and really, you know, affirm my point of view. And I was like, nah, f- screw it. You know, I'm just going to sit down and record. And I, and it really, it behooved me to have that mentality. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, of course, like growing confidence came from that as well. I mean, you know, people react well to it. It real really reinforces that what you're doing is right, that you have value to say. Um, and you know, it just feels good along the way. So yeah, I, I learned that pretty quickly because I used to be that guy who would be like, yeah, I want to plan this and think it through and checklist and pros and cons and vision board. And now it's like, not at all. <laughs> like I just wanna I just wanna I just wanna act as fast as possible in a respectful, compassionate way. But like I've learned that, that was really Uh, helped me just move forward as quick as possible and learn so yeah that's awesome it's like like trusting yourself enough to sort of shoot from the hip a little bit yeah exactly because whatever happens I, I you know I can react to it and that you just you need you need something to react to if you have nothing to react to you're just guessing about what could happen so I'd much rather have a failure to react to than a what if to plan for you know
1: I love that. I feel like we we kind of have had the same journey in mm-hmm. terms of like when I started this podcast, I had a very clear mindset of like what it was going to be about and it was going to be about dating and it was going to be funny and I was going to tell all these crazy stories and I didn't know if Jared would be here. And then we like recently had an episode where we talked about like the progression of the podcast and how it's turned into this much more like vulnerable Um, thing of like, where I don't really edit it anymore. And there's less like prep time and kind of like what you're saying of like, right now people are, they're craving vulnerability and being raw, right? Like they're not craving a show. You can get a show anywhere. And um, so I think that's really like, do you feel, because we feel sometimes like we almost as the podcast went, like we grew unintentionally and kind of like we're talking to, we kind of talk to ourselves now in the episode, like (laughs) when we're like talking about things and we're like, yeah, you should do this. But really we're like telling that to ourselves. Do you feel like it's that way with you too?
0: Yeah. Well, a couple of great things in there. I think for one, just as a, as a creator, I think it's important to realize that People don't want experts anymore. I mean, there's a time and place for experts, and there's a time and place for big A, you know, A-list celebrities to sit down and create. But for the most part, people don't want that anymore. Like we were talking about girls gotta eat. Like, Rain and Ashley aren't experts. They're mm-hmm. just a couple of like very confident and funny girls mm-hmm. and who have, you know, a great way with words and conversation and opinions. Like mm-hmm. they would never say they're experts. I would never say I'm an expert. And I think the most appealing, relatable, value-driven content in 2020 is is, is just that. So I think that's important to realize. And, and uh, that's why I'm very adamant about not being that, that expert guy. But I also I always say for the podcast and to your your last point there, it's like the podcast for me is as much as it's for other people, of course, because I, I do it professionally and I'm very aware that I have something I need to deliver every week. It's also for me, like first and foremost, it's for me. Like I mentioned that I, I started coming out of a relationship to kind of discover myself and, and all that cliche, but it's still true. And even 250 episodes later, when I sit down to talk through issues or mindsets or challenges, I'm talking through them for myself and it helps mm-hmm. me inherently. And then, uh, oh, wow, so many people relate to that because this is a human universal thing. That's amazing like that, that's yin and yang. It goes together. So like you say, like you end up, it's just you talking to yourself. That's exactly how I think it should be. Mm -hmm. Because if it's you talking to a crowd then it's like, well, what's really, what's the motivation behind that? Like you're like, what is real about that? But for me, it's like just talking through my thoughts and that's real to me and it's real to other people because it's relatable and that's a win-win. So I'm Mm -hmm. all about that. And like to also to your point about kind of evolution, like, Never in a million years did I think I would be a guy giving dating advice. Never in a years. Like when, when I, when I, st- and I still don't think I should be, which is um, but when I started it, I had, no, I had no intention and I waited 70 episodes to do an episode on dating because I didn't think I would have perspective. And I was like, ah, screw it, I'll give my thought on something. I forget what the episode was. And people were like, wow, Case, that was really helpful. And now I do a lot of dating content, mm-hmm. maybe like. is dating content. So I mean, who knows, like things evolve quickly. It's all about what is true to you, but also what's helpful to other people. And ideally, they would be the same, and they would coincide. And then it feels really natural. And it's, you know, really organic.
1: Can I ask, and you can definitely say no, um, what how has it changed your dating life? Like, Are you in a relationship? Are you dating? Have you found that having the podcast and talking about dating has affected it at all?
0: Um, Yeah, so I mean, so I'm single. I mean, I I just wrote a book called Singles, Your Superpower. So I would be a little hypocritical if if I wasn't. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) you know, in that sense. And then, I mean, COVID has presented all kinds of, uh, you know, uh, interesting, uh, you know, issues with dating. But um, for the most part, I mean, I mean the the vulnerable answer is it, it's made dating a little bit more difficult just because usually by the time I go on a date with a girl, like she's she knows what I do and has seen mm-hmm. me. And as this is gonna sound very full of myself, but it's like that I, I'm on this somewhat of a pedestal to some people because all they see is this curated version of me. They're like, oh my gosh, there's this guy and he's vulnerable and he's he's well spoken and all these things. And I'm like, well, I appreciate that, but that's like the best highlighted version of me Mm -hmm. i think i'm that guy mostly but not 24 7 so it's like it's a little unfair to walk into these situations where um that's not necessarily the case but that's that's a lame complaint i'm not complaining about that at all um i think for the most part though talking through these issues i just feel much more intentional with dating much more self-aware where now it's like old me like i would be i would be fine with ghosting someone because i don't want confrontation but new me i'm like I got to do it. I've got, this is the right thing to do for myself and for her. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to man up and I'm going to do it or whatever. Like any, any issue Mm -hmm. where in the past I probably would have prolonged it due to lack of self awareness. Now that I've, I am Mr. Self-awareness all the, all the time. It's like, I just, I just feel better true to myself and true to other people, more respectful. So it's very, very much, uh, benefited me for sure.
2: That's awesome. Um, so, you know, one question I had, like, I, I really love and resonate with so many things you say, right? The idea of like, you know, even being understood is sort of more important than being loved. And, and you know, you talk about like the most important quality being that, you know, empathetic compassion and and, you know, kind of those like softer sides, right? And like, yep. if you think about it, Those things are kind of the opposite of what our culture like teaches, like particularly for men, you know, like men are kind of supposed to like seek to be admired and and all of this stuff. So how did you, how did you find those kind of like, again, like same question as as the confidence question was an awareness of like that vulnerability being important of being in touch with those sort of softer sides and that compassion. Was that something you always had? And if not, like how did,
0: how did that develop in you? I mean I'd say I've always been more sensitive maybe than the average dude maybe maybe not I'm not too sure but I think what I realized is you know this idea that you know men need to be this this confident you know you know bravado charisma kind of thing I think that's great but life is about balance like you can be a sensitive vulnerable compassionate man and also be you know, a a meathead who likes house music. Like you can, Mm -hmm. you can have that balance. Like there, like, once you become sensitive and vulnerable, it doesn't like wash away any of the qualities that make you a man that you want to hang on to. Like, and I've learned that like the whole, my whole brand thing is I, I like, I even say like, I'm a bit of a tool sometimes. Like I, I like going to the club. I like house music. I like, Chipotle and going to the gym and saying things like vibe and just like kind of being a tool sometimes. Like that's who I am. And I hang on to all the things that make me a man or make me, you know, immature or whatever the, whatever you want to call it. But I I find that being sensitive and compassionate when I can, because I'm human, it serves me so, so well. Like it's, it's being Mm -hmm. true to myself and there's nothing being forced there. And it's about balance. It's not like, these things aren't exclusive. It's not like once you become this, you can't be that you could do them both at the same time. And I think people sometimes don't realize that, you know, that I think it's just funny to me because people can look at my Instagram or listen to the podcast and they are like, man, this dude is, uh, this guy is emotional. Like, Holy cow. And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm emotional sometimes, but other times I'm buttoned up and like confident and aggressive. Like these, like, it's all about balance. Um, And sometimes people don't know that. And sometimes people get scared that if they show a sensitive side, that's what they're going to be known as forever. Mm. I'm like, okay, well, then you got to run the risk. Like if so be it, like if someone thinks you're sensitive and compassionate and vulnerable, good, that's a good thing. Yeah, (laughs) You're going to realize that eventually, maybe in your young, early twenties and mid twenties, you might think that's not a, it's not cool or whatever, but I I think it's cool. (laughs) So I don't know. I have learned that. I
2: like totally agree. How have dudes been responding? Because I think, you know, your way of like simplifying things and just sort of being yourself and being straightforward, I think, like, I feel like would really resonate with like so many guys today. Like, did you get a lot of responses from that? It does.
0: I get so many responses. I get the biggest jacked, tattooed, bearded guys with guns in my DMs all the time being like, yo, bro, really respect what you're doing. I mean, so I'm serious. Like, it's like, and, and, those guys are the guys who maybe previously were worried about that, or maybe they're DMing me and not sharing a post, whatever. It doesn't matter, but it's resonating with them. So I know it resonates with men. I have a lot of women, you know, females, female following, and that's great, but a lot of men as well. Um, And I think it just, it just takes a step forward for men to like kind of understand that it's okay to have softness be a part of your identity. It's not your whole identity, you know, mm-hmm. it's about, it's about balance. And if someone misinterprets it, that's their loss, you know, that there's more to you. So yeah, the, the male response has been incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they buy my books, they listen to the podcast, they support me just the same. Um, and it makes sense. I mean, again, I'm just the dude being a dude. And I, I don't say that to like intentionally like brand myself because that's truly who I am. I'm not, you know, some, you know, guru guy or like more enlightened than the next person. I don't, I don't think I'm I think I'm pretty average in most senses. I just, you know, have this voice on this podcast. So yeah, men, men like it to answer your question.
1: What? What's that? Is it Gwen Stefani? I'm just a girl. Yeah. I feel like you're <laughs> like, I'm just a dude.
0: <laughs> I like that. It's my new theme song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. I,
1: I think like it's that. so important for men to have, um, like someone to look up to who's like you take care of yourself, you're at the gym, like you're a good-looking dude, like you date, but you're also like this example for like men to be allowed to have feelings because yeah and we talk about this all the time on our podcast like how essentially, you know, typical the man is going to grow up and not it's not okay for them to have feelings, right? And so um, and nowadays I think that's starting to change, but I just really, um, I know I just appreciate that you've created a platform for that. I wanted to move on to, um, talking about singles since you have your new, um, mm. workbook that came out. So what is it that like, what advice, cause I know we have a lot of single listeners. So what are some main pieces of, of advice that you would, offer to them, um, especially in like COVID times right now, and there's probably a lot of lonely feelings and the holidays are coming, like what are some key things for them to really be focusing on right now?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, the book is called "Single Is Your Superpower," and that's the whole concept. It says right in the title, "Single Is Your Superpower," and it's not me encouraging people to you know break up and be single and hoe it up and just you know you know <laughs> do your thing. That's part of it. I honestly wrote a chapter called "Your Hoe Phase," but
1: <laughs> further, we've all been there, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, and I think everyone should be there. Um, but that's a, that's another story, I suppose. The whole idea, though, is that single is your superpower. In the sense that being single is not a stigma. It's not, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It doesn't mean you're undesirable. It doesn't mean you're striking out. It's just literally a status of who you are in the moment. And I think it's really important for everyone to, to realize that to, it, to an extent. And the way that I look at it is there's a lot of things in life that you might regret. Um, but I don't think you'll ever look back and be like, I regret being single for a year or five years even. I don't think you'll ever look back and say that. Mm-hmm. You might look back and regret staying in a relationship that was that sucked, that was toxic mm-hmm. for too long. You'll be like, man, I should not have dated that person. Those are the things that you'll regret. But I don't think you'll ever look back and regret being single. If you ask a, a couple if they regret that, they'll say no. They'll, they, say, they won't say I regret being single. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's important to realize that. One, being single is not this bad thing. It's not a reflection of you or your worth or your attraction or anything like that. And two, like the whole concept of the book is like half book, half journal is, you know, while you are single, there's all these massive, massive benefits that you can find and create so that when you're dating as a single person, you're going to date much more intentionally um, and truthfully and compassionately. And, and hopefully you'll date one last time and you'll be done. That's the whole purpose. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, the, the whole book kind of helps you understand what I call your dating why. Like, why are you actually dating? Um, and this is the big concept for me that I think sometimes we just lose sight of. It's literally the question of when you are dating and you're dating around, literally the question of why are you doing that? And most mm-hmm. people are like, what do you mean? Why am I dating? I'm human. I'm supposed to date. We're supposed to pair off and create family and, and you know grow together. Like You're not supposed to be alone. That's biological. This is what we're supposed to do. I'm like, yes, of course, that's true. But there has to be a deeper reason of why you date. You know, Saying, I don't want to be alone, that's not a reason to date. That's Mm -hmm. a reaction to a negative emotion, Mm -hmm. right? So like the whole book is designed to help you come up with these things so that when you do date, you know why you're doing it, you know what your intentions are, you know what red flags to look out for, you know what's true to you, you know what you want, who you want, what it means to be understood versus loved and those kinds of concepts. So it all starts though with this idea of being single is not a bad thing because I think we put ourselves in a corner when we're like, well, here I am, I'm single again, maybe there's something wrong with me. And then we, we go around and around with this thinking and it really kind of debilitates us. So the whole idea was to kind of release those handcuffs and then to get you thinking uh, more intentionally about what you're doing and why you're doing it.
1: I love that so much. <laughs> Sorry, I know maybe, me too. Were you going to say something? No, or... no, no. Go okay. ahead. Well, yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> well, I was going to say, um, it, like I loved being single because I think when you're when you're doing the work on yourself, it's so much harder to do the work on yourself when you're in a relationship with someone else. It's just as important, right? But it's harder to actually like, um, like for instance, I did like this dating coaching program over the summer and then I got into a relationship and I felt like all of the work that I had done, like went out the window and I was like just a mess, you mm-hmm. know? So it's like, can you imagine if I hadn't done that work and right. then gotten into this relationship? Mm-hmm. So I think that's such a valid point. Um, and I, am a little curious, like what is your stance on the hoe phase? Like what is your stance on like sleeping around? And- yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. So I, the whole phase definitely includes that. Like it definitely includes sleeping around, screwing around, discovering what you want physically, whatever, have fun. You're human. Um, So my definition of a hoe phase is at some point in your life, there needs to be a phase where you kind of just go nuts and experience as many varieties and flavors of men, women, whatever it is you want as possible. Because this, this whole thing that I'm really big on is we are bombarded in this day and age with checklists, advice, things we're supposed to want, things we're not supposed to want, red flags we're supposed to avoid, and so on and so forth. And all that advice is well-intentioned, of course, but not all of it's true to you. Like what's true for someone else might not be true for you. What you're supposed to want in another person might not be true for you. So this idea of a hoe phase, this is the chance for you to get out there and actually prove it. It's to touch, feel, smell everything possible and be like, I don't want this. I do want this. Some people might say, you know... Uh, you know, if a man doesn't post you as their woman crush Wednesday, that that's not love, and you can be like, "Well, that's freaking stupid." I don't care about that. You need to figure that out for yourself. You know, and it's the mm-hmm. same with love languages or anything like that. So the whole phase is literally just your experience phase. Get out there and experience as many things as possible. And if part of that is sleeping with five different people on five different first dates, have at it. That's totally fair. Or if if it's not sleeping with someone until you know ten dates later, that's also fine as well. I mean, there's literally no rules anymore. There's some quote, I think I've posted it before. I'm trying to remember what it was, but it's like, there are couples who hooked up on the first date and are happily married. There's couples who didn't sleep together until 10 dates and they're divorced. Like There's there's no rhyme or reason to anything. Yeah. The only rhyme or reason is what you create in the truth you discover yourself. So you, you have to get out of reading thought catalog and getting into the world and doing it yourself and proving it to yourself. So that's the whole thing. No, the whole phase is literally, the whole phase is like chapter six of 12 chapters right in the middle. It's like, okay, you've written all these things down, these things that are important to you and I'll get out there and prove it or disprove it and then report back. (laughs) So that's, that's the whole idea. And a whole phase could be, you know, could be 10 years long. Hopefully not. It could be a year long. It could be whatever is true to you until you've kind of discovered that. So, Take it in any any which way you want, but ultimately, it's all about experience and proving to you what's actually true to you. Mm-hmm. So what I so what I love about what you were saying about both the ho phase and
2: earlier, you know, like just the overall idea of like single is your superpower, right? So many people kind of. If they're single, well, well, both are really about like throwing out like what kind of culture or society tells us like we're supposed to want or or we're supposed to be, right? And I think so many people who are single kind of have this like, oh, like something's wrong with me and like what's wrong with me and I need to go find someone and then that's going to make me feel like there's not something wrong with me, right? And, um, And so the question is like, you know, for people who really struggle with that, who, who struggle with kind of feelings of loneliness, particularly with the holidays coming up, you know, like, what do you say to folks who are saying, like, Case, like, I'm there, I'm, I'm trying to do it, but I just, I get really, like, lonely, I get really depressed when I get lonely. How yeah. do you deal with that?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the first thing, as cheesy as a thing as it is to say, is, like, you are... 1 million percent not alone in that. Like I get lonely all the time. I've been single for three years. Like it's a lonely thing. But mm-hmm. I also find a lot of solace in kind of resetting my expectations. I think the reason oftentimes we feel more lonely than we should, it's okay to feel lonely. Like if you don't feel lonely at some point, I'd be like, it's a little, little weird. So it's totally fine. <laughs> <I>
1: think- <laughs> maybe, maybe some avoidance attachment style there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well,
0: let's, let's dive into that a little bit. Yeah <laughs> um, so I think for one, like totally fine, you're not alone there. Um, but two, uh, I, I think resetting our expectation. I think a lot of the time the reason we feel more lonely than we should is we have this assumption that everyone else's love is easy and ours is a disaster. Ours is just this dump mm-hmm. of their fire. The reality is that's just not the case. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the things that you see, the examples of the, the cutest couples ever on Instagram, Those are the outliers or it's not completely real. Just because someone posts something, it doesn't mean their love is is great and fantastic. I think the reality is, you know, every love is difficult. Every relationship is difficult. Of course, you know, every person brings with them characteristics that are great and characteristics that are not so great. I call them like lovable and unlovable. And I think, uh, you know, in general, the relationships that are great and fulfilling and worth and, and, you know, uh, and, you know, long lasting are those between two people who are willing to accept both the good and bad about those things. So for someone who hasn't found that person, all it means is they haven't found someone who has realized that, that there is no perfect, perfect love. There's no perfect, perfect circumstance. It's always going to be a decision that's going to be made about you know, loving someone for the great things about them, but also accepting some of the not so great things about them. And everyone's always going to have that challenge. And just because you haven't found that person yet, it doesn't mean that you have all these unlovable things about you. It just means that the timing hasn't been there. You haven't found someone who's willing to do that. And you're so not alone in that because every other peop- every other successful person who's found their couple went through the their their person went through the same exact thing. So I don't know. It's always it's like grass is greener syndrome that kind of puts ourselves. Uh, puts us in a corner sometimes. And I think just kind of doing a quick reset on, on that, uh, is helpful to get you out of that corner and thinking a little bit more realistically and not so harsh on yourself. Cause that's the biggest thing. We just beat ourselves up and we make Mm -hmm. assumptions, we close our eyes and we go from zero to a hundred in worst case scenario. And you know, it's it's easy for me just to say, don't do that. Hey, just don't do that. (laughs) That's not like great advice. Um, But I think checking ourselves on what the reality that everyone else is going through and realizing that you're right in the meat of that curve yourself, it's like, okay, all right, you know, this isn't a me problem. This is a we problem. This is a human problem. And I think that's helpful. No, I think that's
2: awesome. And like, you know, for me, like a big thing that learning about mindfulness and like doing some practices around that, like changed for me is the idea of like, being able to just tolerate a feeling and being like, Oh, okay. Like that's what I'm feeling right now. Like that's what's going on and realizing that like thoughts aren't necessarily the truth. They're just thoughts. So when you feel lonely, like I used to, you know, old me would sort of put all these layers on top of that of like, I feel lonely. What's wrong with me? You know, like, I shouldn't be feeling like this, you know, whatever, whatever. So I'm curious for you, like, how do you, cause I, cause I think you do this really well in a bunch of ways, but like, how do, are you conscious of, of how you're trying to introduce mindfulness to people who have like who have never heard the word before or maybe bring their own associations with that?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I didn't know what mindfulness was, you know, when I first moved to Chicago and started working. I had no idea. I always thought mindfulness was for people who said things like, you know, chakras and find your vibration and up your frequency and things that still don't make sense to me, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but I but I've realized that all mindfulness is is self-awareness. That's all it mm. is, you know. And meditation is a practice of self-awareness and gratitude and presence. That's all it is. So, mindfulness is a very simple practice. It's a practice of honesty with yourself, setting intentions with yourself, understanding your why, what you're doing. And I think everyone can relate to that. I just it takes a lot of prodding. It takes a lot of uh, iterating and practice, and that's the biggest thing. Like. Mindfulness is a practice. Mindfulness isn't something you, you turn on one day and you're like, Oh, I'm mindful. No, it's something that you have to do every single day, which is constantly question yourself, not in a self doubt way, but just the question of why am I doing what I'm doing? Um, what is my intention? Do I have an intention? Do I not have an intention? You know, why? Why am I pursuing these values over those values? Things like that. So it's just self-awareness. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. So I think everyone has that, no matter what preconceived notions they bring to the table around those kinds of things. Um, you know, and I've like even things like meditation. I've never been really good at because I'm pretty distractible. But I've found ways to mold meditation into something that works for me. So you. So anyone can practice mindfulness or meditation or or anything uh in that in that realm. It's all about just reframing it to something more relatable, which is understanding what why the heck you're doing what you're doing. Just being aware of yourself. That's all it is.
1: I really like how you just broke that down because like, um, being a yoga teacher, we talk about mindfulness all the time, right? Like you can, you can practice a power yoga asana and go from, you know, crescent into standing split and then kick up in the handstand and you can do all these power things, right? Or you can do it, but with this mindfulness of what you're doing exactly as you're doing it and being completely aware. Right. Mm. And then that goes along with what you're saying of like, well, why are you dating? Like, why are you dating? Like being aware of that, like I'm going on this date because and being aware of like what you're feeling on the date. Like, you know, if you're attracted, but there's not a connection, like, is that something you want to move forward with? You know? And I just think it's so important. I think nowadays everybody's just like, do it. Yes. Say yes. And like, you know, there's a time and a place for that. But I think also like because people's hearts are involved, I think it's so important to to be very intentional about how we date. And I think how you describe mindfulness really, like, comes um, into that.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I like, sometimes people think, like, practicing, practicing mindfulness means, like, you've all of a sudden got to become this, like, pious, mature, you know, saintly kind of person. You could still, you know, for lack of a better term, you could still, like, screw around and be fun and, like, do all these things. It's just being aware of why you're doing it. If your answer is, I just want to screw around. Hey, that's cool. Good for you. At least you're intentional about it. You're not fighting yourself, right? Where you get into trouble is where you, you say you want to date and settle down and, you know, be compassionate, but then you're also pairing that with old habits, like, you know, not being honest and screwing around and things like that. That's the the problem. Mm -hmm. And if you're not practicing mindfulness, you're not going to realize you have these two motivations Mm -hmm. at odds where you should pick one. And if you pick mm-hmm. one that's screw around, that's great. If you pick one that's get serious, that's great. It's just pick one. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times we just ignore that because it's uncomfortable, um, and it requires choice. And sometimes we don't like to make choices. So yeah, it mm-hmm. just comes down to you know be human, embrace who you are, but uh, you know be intentional about what direction you take it. And you could always change it. But uh, just about being mm-hmm. honest to yourself in that moment.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to focus a little bit on like breakups. Cause I noticed you have a section on your website where you talk specifically to those who have gone through a breakup. And then you talked about how you kind of started the podcast after you went through a breakup. Um, like what did you learn from your own breakup and how do you now help others go through with theirs?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I think there's a lot of different things and it's tough to like diagnose every breakup with some, you know, top advice. But I mean, I think the first thing is there is a sense of gratitude that I think you should express, whether that's um, whether you broke up with that person, whether they broke up with you, whether you wanted it or they wanted it or you're feeling horrible. I still think there's a sense of gratitude to be practiced. And that's just gratitude. It's just being grateful that it happened today versus a year from now. And embrace mm. what that fact means, which is today is day one of healing and learning and moving on. I would, I would, if something was destined to fail, which is not always something that you know, but if something is destined to not um, work out, I would much rather have day one be today than day one be two years from now. So, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. It's very easy to say that, and it's a different thing to mean it. But being grateful that today is day one is a great thing because day one means you have this great opportunity now to learn and live and pivot and find someone who's truly right for you. So it's, it's it's a quick matter of embracing a little bit of gratitude there. Um, And, you know, from there, it's obviously, it's about creating closure. And I've done a lot of episodes on closure and and closure is a tricky topic because it, it means different things to different people. But for me, closure hundred percent of the time, every time is about you. It's something that you have to create. Like you can't get it, doesn't come to you in the form of an apology or a conversation with your ex or reassurance from them that you're doing the right thing. It's literally you creating reassurance for yourself. Hmm. And and oftentimes, th- this is a tough pill to swallow, but something that I find really helpful. I think when it comes to to failure or rejection or breakups, we really struggle with things because as humans, we don't like loose endings. We don't like unended books we don't like chapters with no final chapter you know we don't like that but i think the reality of life is you have to be able to create closure you have to be able to create peace for yourself in some way and sometimes the the purest form of that is to just say hey i am okay with a loose end i am okay with an open ending i am an o- i am okay with an unanswered question like you if you if you can't find peace in those things you're going to drive yourself crazy because mm-hmm. like a breakup is always going to be messy. There's always going to be a what if. There's always going to be a lingering doubt. So I think that the the best thing that you could do for yourself is to practice a little bit of gratitude, be open to finding peace in open endings, and then also realize that a lot of the times, I mean, a, a truth is that you know some people are in your life for a reason, but that reason isn't permanent, and there's still a lot of value. In what that person taught you. And you can look back at a relationship and you could still be grateful for what happened between the beginning and the end. Like you could still be grateful for the great things you had together. Those aren't gone anywhere. Those aren't going anywhere. The person is because not everyone is meant to be permanent in your life. And I suppose acceptance of that fact comes with acceptance of loose endings, which isn't easy. Um, so yeah, so I can go on and on, but I think those kind of those kind of three mindsets are really helpful. And each one of those comes down to self-awareness. Right, those are all a choice. Mm-hmm. Right, those are all mm-hmm. things that you just have to, you know, basically conjure up truthfully for yourself. But it's a lot more effective than than living in like the gray of what if and doubt and things like that. So if you have a choice where you can do this or that, why not make the choice that is more peaceful for yourself? It might be a choice that you have to remind yourself a lot, it's not a silver bullet for dealing with a breakup, but I find it to be much more effective than fighting those feelings and fighting against an open ending or something like that. Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I was watching the bold type. The, the other night. It's a show on Hulu. It's about like three young women. And there was like an episode where they were trying to raise like a certain amount of money. So this lesbian bar wouldn't shut down. And they didn't say at the end of the episode, if they raised the money, oh. and I'm like, what? what? <laughs> I,
2: left you hanging. Like, I need it. I need closure here.
0: Season two?
2: What do they? Why would they do that? Yeah, <laughs> that's weird.
1: Go ahead. You have a question?
2: So, I mean, I guess one of my questions, case like at the beginning of the episode, you know, you talked about how you know things in your life are really like blowing up in your business and your podcast and stuff, which is awesome. I'm curious, like that must come with it, like challenges for your own like sort of mindfulness and wellness, and like. I'm curious if you'd be willing to like share a little bit about like what are those challenges and like how are you navigating those like in this new phase, right?
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, there's business challenges like I've never done what I'm doing right now, so I'm learning on the fly, you know, selling selling books and I've sold way more than I ever thought I would in like a lifetime. So, building a business around that has been um really eye-opening but great and but challenging at the same time. I don't know. I think I think more than that like um you know it's a challenge, so like it's an interesting niche or industry that I've chosen for myself. It's a very open and honest industry where it's like my value to people is my ability to be honest, and sometimes I don't feel like being honest, <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's just the reality of it. But mm-hmm. it, you can't really take a rain check when you do this professionally, I suppose. Uh, I mean, I, I can and I do when I need it. Um, so it definitely presents a challenge to kind of always be on and always be that guy. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, but again, I can't complain because it benefits me. It helps me grow. You know, Mm -hmm. if it didn't, I wouldn't be doing it. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, learning the ins and outs of this business. Um, I mean, podcasting is, is it's tough. I mean, you know, it's tough to be an independent podcaster and break out. Uh, it's a challenging industry. Um, and especially, Like for for both all three of us, it's like we're not entertainers, like call her daddy or something like that, where it's easy to go viral and grab a headline because you're just outrageous. Like you're doing compassionate things to help people, and it's Mm -hmm. a slow it's a slow ride up Mm -hmm, (laughs) to to, to get to the top in in that realm too. So, you know, I've been doing this since 2014. I've been posting every single day. I've been doing two episodes a week for three years, and that's amidst a lot of life changes where I didn't want to do it but I did it because it means a lot to me. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it keeps me going that I get all these messages from people for them, them telling me how much it means to them and how much it's helped them. So that's like my oxygen and it helps me and it motivates me. And uh, yeah, you know, very grateful. But I mean, it's a, you know, it's a business too. At the end of the day, you're running a business yeah. and that's, you know, it finding a, a balance between passion, purpose and business is is always uh, a challenge, but it's always an opportunity as well. So again, yeah. Always grateful.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate you saying that because um, while Jared is an amazing co-host <laughs> <laughs> it's technically my podcast. So I do all the work, I find mm-hmm. all the guests, I do the editing, I send it to my producer, I um, you know I do all the writing and I all the marketing for it and I just never have time off. And I'm not making any money from it, you know? And it's like, you really, but I believe in this. Like I believe in this and I put my heart and soul in it. And it's not something that I'm just going to give up on. And maybe someday it will become lucrative. But if it doesn't, like, like you said, like, I know from the listeners that we have who have reached out, like I know we've touched people and I know we've like helped people. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's just, I don't know. It's just really nice to hear like, Successful as successful podcasters yourself, like just being very supportive and um, we appreciate you on yeah.
0: very much. well, of course. I mean, I think the biggest thing is, it's like a three-step realization. It's like step one, does it, is it true to you and does it help you? Does creating mm-hmm. the content help you? Step two is, of course, does it help other people? Is it relatable and value for other people? And then step three is realizing that your path is like, I guess your listeners won't be able to see this, but your path is like a straight, like slow increasing line. And then one day it's going to go like that. I truly believe mm-hmm. that in every circumstance. Any mm-hmm. creator that I know, YouTuber, blogger, vlogger, TikToker, it's like they grinded it, with some exceptions. There's, of course, some people who just went straight up, but those are the outliers. With the majority of people, it was grinding, 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 big opportunity and moment, big viral video and moment, big guest appearance on Girls Gotta Eat, viral moment. Like it, it just comes to you eventually. Mm-hmm. And then that kickstarts momentum. Like mm-hmm. I have all these different things now that have come to me because of that Girls Gotta Eat uh, kickstart. And then before the girls got to eat kickstart, I had kickstarts before that I was featured in the, uh, uh, United airlines in flight magazine that was really random, but it went (laughs) like that. And then before that it was, um, uh, morning brew, a big email newsletter shared my podcast that went up. So you're going to have these moments that elevate you. You just have to get to that next moment. It's all about consistency and it's all about, you know, continuing to stay passionate because you know, it helps you and you know, it helps other people.
1: Are you familiar with the Enneagram? Wh-
0: which one is that? Is that
1: the? It's a personality like assessment, yeah. but it's like the nine numbers, and each number oh. is like a personality type.
0: No, I mean I know what you're referring to. I've just never done it for myself.
1: Okay, I think you should look it up because I think you're a four. <laughs> <laughs> <The> four-
0: <laughs> Are you going to guess his zodiac sign next? Are you going to be? Oh,
2: like, you Sagittarius. I no, no, he's no, not a
1: Sagittarius. <laughs> Are you um? Are you?
2: A- if you nail this, I will be amazed. <laughs> yeah. Are
1: you an Aquarius? No. Damn it!
0: Oh, that would have been so cool. What, what? Are you a Libra? It's an A. Aries.
1: Uh, Aries. Oh, oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> you should you should look up the enneagram though because I'm, cause I'm like a four. Pre- pretty sure you're a four. The four is the um the individualist.
0: Okay. I'm going to do yeah, it. Yeah. Actually,
2: I, I, I vibe with that too because, like, you know, you, one of the things that I think is so awesome about you is you are totally willing to like be who you are and put yourself mm-hmm. out there and like believe in that, you know? And uh, yeah. I think well,
1: that's and nice. then you have now, then you have your music, right? Which is a huge part of your podcasting. And so I, yeah. I wanted to just kind of, uh, I'm just curious for myself, like, how did that start and how do you use that for your Your career.
0: Yeah. I mean, to my point earlier, again, I'm just a a dude being a guy like I like house music. I like dance music. I like dubstep. I like trance music. I like future house music. I like anything with a that's loud and a beat and that, you know, I used to listen to and I used to go to the club. I love that. I just do. I go to every festival. Um, and I always wanted to find a way to involve that with mindfulness. And I, for a long time, I couldn't figure it out. Um, but then, you know, to my point earlier, it's like I was never good with meditation. So I was like, there's got to be a way because I know when I sit down and I listen to the right music, I just feel vulnerable. Like there's not a single mm-hmm. podcast outline that I've written and done where I wasn't listening to a certain kind of music. So mm-hmm. I just decided to combine the two. And now I create these mm-hmm. things that I call music and mindfulness mixes call them dance music guided meditations where i I team up with producers and djs and my own music and it's just it's like a somewhat of a guided meditation but set to really upbeat dance music and it's great for like walking or working out or something where you want to combine high bpm with mindfulness um and people really love them they're like my most popular episodes i don't do them too often because i want to make them special but I mean, I'm working on some with some really, really big names in dance music. I've done some some big names to date, working on my own artist album, but it's a big part of what I do. I, I'm really into like combining things like music and mindfulness. Um, mm-hmm. And th- in the future, I can't say what it is, but I'm combining a couple other things, but um, I just, I just really love the the idea and it makes me feel alive and, and happy and smiling and upbeat. And I think that sometimes that's, we lack that in Classic mm-hmm. traditional meditation, which is clear your mind and calm. And mind is like no, 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 no. Stand up and run around and be an idiot and take your shirt off and like enjoy this. Like that's the whole vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a that's a big part of, of what I do. And I release them usually once a month.
1: Okay, yeah, I was like rocking out to one the other day, nice. like in my car. It was like, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, what what is your music background like? Like I'm confused. Um, are you like, are you mixing? Like, are you the DJ? Like, what are you doing? Are you creating the music?
0: No, you, I mean, the music is, so I do a couple things. I, I have my own artist projects where I do create my own music, but for the most part, I work with DJs and we'll sit down and we'll collaborate on putting together a mix that kind of takes people on a journey of their own music and then we'll overlay and interlace my audio with their music. So it's like half of like a DJ set combined with my audio. It's a pretty simple process. Um, but I mean, I will do the mixing on my end. Um, they will help me with their track selection and, and they'll put some of it together and then we'll combine for the final effort and then publish it. So it's pretty, it's pretty simple. It's nothing earth shattering. It's just no one really does it. No one really combines meditation and dance music. A lot of people combine, you know, low key guitar, indie music and mindfulness things, but no Mm -hmm. one really does the far end of the spectrum, which is Mm -hmm. um, more upbeat angle Mm -hmm. well and i i think that's awesome too just because your last
1: question just because (laughs) it's
0: such a such a cool
2: like entry point um for a lot of people in terms of like just feeling their feelings and and you know what i'm saying like people put on music and do that all the time and they don't Call it mindfulness or whatever. Yeah, Um, exactly. It sounds like you have a, I I have a weird question. Ask it. No,
1: ask it. I want to ask a question that
2: he's never been asked before. Yes. It's going to be totally off the wall.
1: Okay. Well, well, you need to ask him if he's been asked it before.
2: Okay. Do you believe in ghosts? (laughs) Oh my gosh.
0: (laughs) Do I believe in ghosts? Well, yeah. first, has have anyone ever has anyone asked, asked me that? that? No one's ever asked me that, which is why I don't I don't know if I have an opinion Nailed it. I will say, I love that question. Um Yeah. Yeah. I I will say I do because I've never seen anything to disprove that I would believe in ghosts. <laughs> That's what I'll okay. say. Yeah.
1: Interesting answer.
0: Yeah, I'm down. But but like you've never had a supernatural experience no, yourself. No. Mm-hmm. But I've never seen concrete evidence that ghosts don't exist. <laughs> Therefore, <laughs> I shall I shall believe that they do until proven otherwise.
2: <laughs> I like that open minded. Uh, yeah, usually it's, the other,
1: yeah, usually it's right. the other way. Usually it's the other
0: way. That's not how I think. Yeah.
1: Well, I thought maybe just to kind of wrap this up, you could tell our listeners um, a little bit about your workbook and your your book and your journal, and like if they wanted to go um, grab it, like a little a little bit about like how it's going to benefit them and and what it's about. I mean, yeah. I know we've yeah. kind of talked about that, but just kind of yeah. bringing it
0: back. Yeah, I mean, pretty simple. NewMindsetHudas dot Single is your superpowers, the dating workbook. I think I covered that. It's twelve chapters. Um, you know, and the whole chapter. What's that?
1: And it has the whole chapter. And it
0: does have the whole chapter. It's got some other creative chapters. There's one called uh, Put Your Thing Down, Flip It, and Reverse It. So there's a bunch oh, of- Oh, uh, nice. so I like it. Yeah, there's a bunch of little cheesy little references in there. Uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty simple. It's half uh, book, half workbook. So it's you read my perspective, then you sit down and apply it and actually write down your resolve. And then the other journal is called the New Mindset Journal. And this is a 60-day journal. It's 10 minutes a day. It's prompts and exercises and meditations every single day. And that journal is simply focused on clarity and self-awareness, not necessarily relationships, but just what are you doing? What are you striving for? What are your values at any given moment? and Just do it 10 minutes a day, any time of day. And uh, I will actually say, I'm not sure when this is premiering, but within the next three weeks, I'm actually releasing my next one. Uh, my next journal, um, and it's called Unbothered, and it's a similar concept. It's sixty days to unburden yourself of things that are bothering you. It's kind of like an anti-anxiety mm-hmm. journal mm-hmm. focused on self-awareness. There, so again, I'm just focused on um, lean forward activities where you actually get involved and you touch and you feel and you write, um, and you're not just sitting back and reading. You, you're required to get involved um, there. So those are those all I've got. com. but. um seems yeah. to be pretty popular and helping people. So I appreciate all the feedback.
2: Yeah,
1: I really like that. I, I ha- I'm i ADHD like 100%. So yep. I appreciate, like I really have a hard time just sitting down and reading. Um, so the idea that it is like a workbook and it's very tangible and hands-on is like yeah. really great. Well, this has been amazing. Thank you so Thank much you. for your time. Sure. Can you, tell? obviously they can go to newmindsetwhothis.com yep. um, but also where else can they find you?
0: Uh, Just case.kenny on Instagram between those two, you'll, you'll get a good grasp of what I have to offer.
1: Okay. And then obviously go listen to your podcast and yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks man. It was
0: awesome. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Thanks for
2: having me.
1: Okay. We're back. Case, you were
2: awesome. Yes. A huge thank you for regular listeners of hello and goodbye. Who might not be familiar with case case is like a big fucking deal. And it was so cool of him to make time for us and be part of our podcast. I don't know. I haven't listened back to the interview yet, so I don't know uh, how nervous we sounded, but.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, I just really appreciate when, like this has happened a couple of times now with Lindsay Metzeler from We Met Acme and April Davis from the Vagina Blog. Just like coming in and doing an interview on a growing podcast like ours is, like, I, I don't know how much you know you are appreciated. Yes. Appreciated. Um, because we know you're busy and yep. you have a lot on your schedule. And it it is just, yeah.
2: And so, yeah. And so if, if, our, if our listeners uh, love Case, because how could you not? And you're jumping over there and following his stuff or whatever. Um, yeah. Like. Rate and review, like support him and his stuff. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. Let him know that we sent you, maybe. That'd yeah. be cool. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yes. Blow up his DMs. Be yeah, like, hey, be like, I heard like, you on the hello and <laughs> goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, one more time, follow him on Instagram at case.kenny. Um His website, www.newmindsetwhodis.com. Um, and all of his, I, I freaking love his Instagram.
2: Yeah it's really really like every
1: time he posts something he he does like um writing on cups and stuff it's so Mm -hmm. powerful it like hits me so deep yeah so anyway yeah thank you case we appreciate you yes okay we have a couple things we usually don't have an outro but we have a couple of things today it's going to be quick i promise uh So on last week's episode, we promised you guys we would do an Instagram poll because we felt like when we were reflecting on 2020, we felt like at the end of 2020, we were completely different people than at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to poll you guys to see if you felt the same.
2: Now, I don't know the results of this, but I, I feel like when we were both saying that on the podcast, I was like. I was like everyone's going to say yes, right? Like like no one's going to say no. So mm-hmm. I'm expecting yes in a landslide. Okay. So
1: okay. So my Insta poll or the Insta poll that we put up, I put either new me or same me. Uh-huh. And it was 50-50.
2: No, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's I- interesting. Like does like does that mean we're just we're just fooling ourselves to think that it's like, shut up. You're the same person. I I
1: think it's how you interpret it. I think that's right. Because I think, um, I think some people maybe don't associate change with, the positive yeah. or, you know, and I think everybody is going to have a different reaction to how 2020 went. And some people are like really proud that they're still the same person.
2: Yeah, that's true. You know, that yeah. like they
1: survived and they made it and they mm-hmm. um were resilient. And for us, that just looks differently. We were resilient by becoming different people.
2: Yes. And it's totally okay. Right. Like a reaction to change and threat and things that are scary is to sort of like, kind of fortify yourself mm-hmm. and like ride it out, right? And yeah. you know, and and other people like us, I think kind of ended up having tumultuous life circumstances that prompted a lot of mm-hmm. reflection and growth and all that stuff and yeah. so. Yeah. Definitely. Good, good on everybody.
1: Yeah. So thanks yeah. guys for doing that poll for us. Okay, so I decided, I made a, um, a very quick decision.
2: <laughs> a, a executive podcast decision. Yeah, I did.
1: That at the end of every episode, and from now on moving forward, we'll ask the guest this, um, we're going to say one thing we're thankful for.
2: I like that. Gratitude. Yeah. So for people who don't know, gratitude practice is one of the things that you can do regularly to improve your overall happiness, mm-hmm. right? So like positive psychology research has shown that, um, you know, after a certain like modest level, like making any more money doesn't make you happier, you know, all of these things. Um, so actually like finding something that will move the needle on happiness is pretty rare and taking time to reflect on gratitudes is actually one of those things that has a lot of evidence behind yeah,
1: it. Yeah, it. It, it's, yes. And while we love bringing you guys comedy and making you laugh, I think we've
2: also... And, f- and, and complaining about shit.
1: Yeah. I think we've also found that we really like helping with growth, with, like, yeah. personal growth by sharing our own personal growth mm-hmm. and creating that a vulnerable space for you guys to, to feel comfortable with. So mm-hmm. anyway, so... We're going to say ours and then I would challenge you guys at home to pause it and think of something you're grateful for. Yeah. You want to go first?
2: Sure. So I am grateful for the, um, and maybe this is a dumb one. I don't know. Uh, I'm grateful for the teaching and guidance in meditation that I've received because I am, it's Sunday night as we're recording this. I'm going back to work tomorrow for the you know i've been off for two full weeks which i can't remember the last time that that's happened and work is a pretty stressful situation for me especially right now and so it's sort of like that prospect is really scary Mm -hmm. but i woke up this morning and i joined a sort of group meditation sit via zoom Hmm. for an hour from 7 a.m to 8 a.m this morning and um I just really needed it. It Mm. really helped me. And then I was able to like, you know, I got some stuff done, did some work stuff, like whatever. But I was just in a way better place than just sort of, you know how when you're in that place of like procrastination and dread and self-loathing because you're not doing the things.
1: That was literally me all week.
2: Yeah, that was me too. And just sort of. You know, like I I put something on my Instagram the other day. I don't know if you saw it, but like the like meditation is not to like clear your mind because that's impossible. It's to observe what your mind is doing and give it grace, right? Mm. Is to practice like acceptance Mm. and equanimity for wherever your mind is and what's happening. So sitting on my little cushion and doing that for an hour, um, really got me out of that shitty procrastination, self loathing place. Yeah. So and I'm I'm still obviously like a little nervous. Like tomorrow is going to be stressful, but I'm I'm good, and and so I'm so so grateful to have had those experiences and had those teachers in my life.
1: Well, and that's great too because Case was saying, you know, he does part of his podcast is he does meditations. Yes, right, and but he does them in a different way. So meditation doesn't have to look like sitting for sitting an hour, quietly yeah you know? it's true um, yeah that's so great friend
2: yeah my shit's extreme and weird so there's lots of you, other I, ways to I'm do it i'm a
1: yoga teacher and i don't think i will ever sit for an hour to meditate <laughs> just let that sink in you guys uh-huh. Uh-huh. So don't don't judge yourself if you're like i i think i should be sitting but i can't nope i can't either
2: yeah. If you can do one minute, do one minute. If you can do five yeah. minutes, do five minutes. If you want to do, like, find a walking meditation on YouTube or on an app or find, a, or do mindful movement, like yoga stuff. Yeah, we're listen to Casey's listen yeah. I, I listened
1: cool, to Casey's cool, like, when I was musical things. Yeah. Yeah.
2: They're fucking awesome. Yeah. 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 Okay. okay, what are you grateful
1: um, for? I am grateful for all of the people in my life that have supported me through my breakup. Mm. It's just been really... I just made me feel loved and special, and it helped me through the hardest part of the breakup, which is just those first few days where yeah. you're uh, literally grieving the loss of someone, um, mm-hmm. and it just feels like your heart's being ripped out. So um, yeah, I'm just really grateful for that. I'm feeling in a good space now. I know there's still going to be some, some dark days ahead, but I feel hopeful. Awesome. Yeah. Lovely. All right, you guys. So, if you want to do something you're grateful for, pause it now. But otherwise, make sure to go follow us on Instagram at hello and goodbye podcast at underscore Liana Joan at the real Jared Rodriguez. We're on Twitter at hello underscore by underscore pod. Um, Facebook, YouTube, Hello and Goodbye. The best place to find all of that is on our website, www.helloandgoodbyepodcast.com. You can find our merch, our episodes, our YouTube channel, the links to all of our sponsors. Um, Rate and review on Apple Podcasts. And we love you. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.